0: We're back at it here. Scholes and Mackenzie Irwin, courtesy of Sanfuru, to Mark Tamarkin LLP, ready to take your calls and answer your questions. So how do you bring it on air? You, uh, you do so like this. Ask some questions over the next half hour. Would love to talk to you. So the uh, phone lines are open and ready to go. That, and we'll do our uh, usual shenanigans when it comes to uh, this job, and that is answering your questions through different topics. Five red flags that you need to speak with an employment lawyer. That's going to be coming up here in just a bit, but as always, uh, Mackenzie, we start with a uh, a week that was or a case of the day. Which one do you got, pal? What's going on?
1: Yeah, I, I have an interesting case that came across my desk uh, earlier this week. Um, this woman, she contacted me. She's she's fifty eight years old. She's mm-hmm. a manager at a plant, and she's been working there for twelve years. So. Recently, uh, she was receiving a lot of complaints from her direct reports about a unsafe machine that was malfunctioning on the floor. She reported this issue to, she escalated it to her employer, who insisted that there was, you know, there was nothing wrong with the machine, they refused to fix it, and they actually demanded that all of the employees continue using it, so as not to, you know, let this affect their, the plant's production. So um she's as the manager she's really kind of caught in the middle here she's got her team complaining about feeling unsafe uh, and she obviously doesn't want anyone on her team to to get hurt but her superior is is on the other hand demanding that they continue working and to not let this affect uh their production so she's receiving that pressure kind of from from both sides here so the next day, after her, uh, her superior told them to continue working, her, her team kind of, they show up to work and they, they refuse to use that machine. They say, you know, it's too, it's too dangerous. We don't want to be using that machine. She lets her superior know and her superior tells her to give her team an ultimatum to tell them basically that they can come to work and do their job or uh, and use that machine. Or, or they can go work somewhere else. Now, this obviously didn't make her feel very good, so she she felt it was really not right to do that. So she 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 let them go ho- home, and she actually ended up sending them a link to the Ministry of Labor website that outlines uh, an employee's right to refuse unsafe work. She sent that to her team in their team group chat. It's it's a, on a WhatsApp chat, so. So her team obviously uh, goes and files an unsafe work complaint with the ministry of labor and her employer finds out and uh, ends up terminating her for cause <laughs> presumably. And and their reason for that is, is that she was uh, instigating a, a group walkout. So she came to me, she told me her story and obviously this raises a lot of issues. So, um, I wanted to kind of address it today because I think a lot of people don't know about your right to refuse unsafe work. Um, There is in Ontario, you have a right to refuse unsafe work. And if you feel like you're uh, there, you know, there's a machine at work, something uh, that your employer is making you do is not safe. um, What you should first do is tell your manager, but if your manager is not doing anything about it, you can file a ministry of labor complaint um, on the Ministry of Labor's website, and the Ministry of Labour will send an inspector over to investigate and make a determination on whether that workplace is safe. Now, the important thing to remember here, and a lot, a lot of people don't know, is that um, when you file a Ministry of Labour complaint, an unsafe work complaint, uh, your employer must continue paying you until that Ministry of Labour inspector has made a determination. So the the inspector will come in. They'll say yes, it's safe to work. And if that's the case, then you have to return to work.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, if they say it's not, the employer has to work with the minister with the inspector to kind of take the steps to make it safe. So that was something that was really important um, that this uh, this woman pointed out to her team. But now she's come to me. She's been terminated for cause um, for sending this message to her team in the in the group chat so absolutely this is not just cause uh, because in fact the employer has a legal obligation to provide that safe work environment yeah, yeah. Uh, and refrain from any reprisal for employees who assert their right to refuse unsafe work so i'm going to work with her um we're going to pursue her severance and she's absolutely entitled to you know likely uh, given her uh, given how long in her position how long she's worked there She's likely entitled to anywhere from fourteen to sixteen months, so we're certainly going to work and uh, work with her and, and get her her proper severance.
0: Break down reprisal again for people who don't know what that term means.
1: Yeah, uh, reprisal is when an, your employer takes uh, any kind of action in consequence to you um, asserting a, a certain right. So whether it's a human rights complaint or the right to refuse unsafe work. If your employer does anything negative to you as a result of you making that complaint, so terminates you, starts uh, reducing your hours, reduces your pay, anything as a consequence to you asserting your rights, that's what we mean when we're talking about reprisal.
0: Awesome. With that, we're going to take a short break, and into our five red flags that so you need to speak out with an employment lawyer if these things go down in your workplace. Employment Law Show continues. Hang on. And welcome back, indeed. We're good to go. If you are as well, want to reach out to Mackenzie and her crew anytime as well. You can email help at employmentlawyer.ca and the phone number. On the other side is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Okay, five red flags. You hear these, you need to speak to an employment lawyer like Mackenzie ASAP. Number one is this, pal. You're being asked to take on work outside of the scope of your original position. Break that down.
1: Yeah, I'm seeing a lot more of this these days, and so we've uh, we've talked many times on the show about quiet quitting. Yes, but this is essentially the opposite of that. So instead of trickling out. Uh, your employer is essentially what what's what we're calling now quiet hiring. So, <laughs> it's a tricky little technique that employers are using, uh, especially right now when they're trying to stretch the value of their dollar. Uh, they're trying to get more out of their employees that they have, and also, by in order to fill you know voids after they've gone, these companies have gone through these mass terminations at the beginning of the year. So. What they're doing here is they're not actually promoting you to a higher position or giving you a, a raise. But what, what employers are doing is slowly asking you to take on more duties and responsibilities that are outside of your original scope of your role um, in order to have you have less employees basically doing more of the work. Um, very classic um cutting costs uh, technique here. Um, I'm seeing a lot of employees fall into this trap because they're excited about the opportunity to try their hand at work that is usually done by someone in a higher position or a promotional position. And they're hoping that if they do a good job that they're gonna get promoted into that position. So unfortunately, what this is is, you know, people are coming to me to talk to, this is finding their way across my desk. Because uh, when your employer is overloading you with work, they're, they're expecting you to do the duties and responsibilities of your original position. And then in addition to that, all of these uh, additional work that is usually done either by someone who, who's in a superior position to you or, or that just got fired or um, just trying to downsize or download all of this work. So... Um, if you if you are getting overloaded, or your employer is requiring you to take on work that's outside of the original scope of your role, this could be a substantial change to the original terms of your employment, and it could be a constructive dismissal. Now a lot of a lot of people are t- are accepting it and just uh, you know taking it on, trying to be a team player, um, but. Y- they're finding that later down the road they're suffering from burnout or they're experiencing a lot more stress and anxiety around their work than if they had just stuck to the original scope of their original role.
0: So, so they, they're basically pulling a office space, Bill Lumberg on you. Yeah. We're going to have to get you to come in on Sunday. That'd be great. If you could just Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so, <laughs> You, you. If this is happening to you, and sometimes it's not as obvious. Sometimes a lot of employers are a little more subtle about it. They're slowly loading it on. But once you realize that this is happening to you, it's imp- really, really important that you talk to an employment lawyer right away because we can we can review the situation with you, um, help you navigate it, and potentially, if if we're at the point where it's a constructive dismissal, help you assert constructive dismissal or offload those additional duties and keep stick to your original role. So like all situations with constructive dismissal, timing is really important. You don't want to sit on this for very long. As soon as you know that this is happening, it's important to speak to a lawyer right away because the longer you work under those new conditions, the more likely it is that your um, employer is going to say that you've you know, you're, you're going to be seen to have accepted those changes. So time is kind of of the essence. And, um, and with these changes, there's a lot that you, there's a lot of options. There's a lot that you can do. Speaking to an employment lawyer is going to be really important.
0: We're talking about the uh, five signs, five red flags. We need to reach out to an employment lawyer. Number two is this. We've talked about this one too. It's a big one. Your employer's asking you to sign a new contract while you're working.
1: This is the most important one because it could be the difference between you having uh, termination entitlements of up to 24 months and limiting your entitlements to potentially even as low as eight weeks. So unless you're an executive, employment contracts, contracts, they're only really there to protect employers. They're not in an employee's best interest. So there's no reason for you to be really signing a new contract, particularly if nothing has changed in your job. Um, and, and even if something is changing, if your employer is asking you to sign a new contract, it should be a red flag that you need to speak with an employment lawyer and have that contract reviewed with an employment lawyer before you sign it. Um, I always tell people, and they find it very surprising, that the best contract that a employee can have is really no contract at all because then your your um, your entitlements you're entitled to your full severance entitlements there's not much um, in paper limiting your rights but um, an em- employer is only going to ask you to sign an, a contract in order to limit your rights and by doing that you could really be giving up thousands of dollars in severance by signing it without having it reviewed by a lawyer um, beforehand so it's something that uh, it sounds scary to, uh, to to schedule an appointment or a consultation with a, with a lawyer, but it's something that you'll want to invest in and you'll thank yourself for taking the time to invest in um, having it reviewed to make sure that you're not signing away your rights.
0: And that is something you just verbalized as simply as that. Mackenzie just said, okay, let me, uh, let me look this over uh, for a couple of days. I'll, I'll get back to you. And in the meantime, give you a call and, and you know give you a copy to have a look over it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And if your employer's not asking you to sign it on the spot, or they're not giving you a copy of that contract to go and have it reviewed, then that should be an additional red flag that absolutely you shouldn't be signing that. So um, all of those indicators, certainly red flags, you're going to want to call call an employment lawyer.
0: Third red flag uh, to call Mackenzie right away is this, you've been terminated for cause and given no severance.
1: Yes. Yeah. So... Just cause it's it's when you've been terminated without and your employer's not providing you with any severance. So um, among employment lawyers, we refer to it as the capital punishment of employment law. Uh, and what we mean by that is that it should be only used in the rarest of circumstances. And in order for an employer to, to use it properly, the, the threshold is very, very high. So employers rarely get this right. If you're if your employer's terminated you for cause and provided you with no severance, it's really really important that you have that your your situation reviewed by an employment lawyer because I would say almost every time, 9 times 9.999% of uh, of the time, it's it's something that that we can help you with. It's not actually just cause, your employer has got it wrong and you're entitled to sev- severance. So Something that is really important to have reviewed by an employment lawyer and likely it's something uh, that I can help you out with. And it, it could could be be some, some situations where you're walking away from up to 24 months pay. So uh, obviously worth the call.
0: It's a pretty high threshold cause, isn't it? They can't just pull the trigger like that and say, yeah, you don't get severance, get out and off you go.
1: It is an it is an excruciatingly high threshold. So an employer, employers rarely get this right. And in order to get it right, they've really got to make sure they've got all their ducks in a row. And I'm, I, you know, I, I can't stress it enough. Mo, the majority of the time they've got it wrong and yeah. um, you're still entitled to severance.
0: Fourth red flag is this. You got to call McKenzie, call the firm. You've been bullied or harassed at work, even by the boss
1: yes yeah so em- employers have a, a legal obligation to provide a safe and harassment free workplace if you're being bullied or harassed at work uh it's very important that you speak with an employment lawyer because we can guide you through the process the options um what you need to do to really navigate the situation you should i mean i i feel like i i say this almost every show but if, if you're being bullied or harassed at work you need to be putting a complaint, a harassment complaint in writing to your manager or or HR or whoever it is at your company. Um, And they should be investigating this complaint. They need to, once they receive your complaint, they should start an investigation and they should be taking all steps to protect you from any further harassment. So depending on the situation and what your employer's actions have been, Uh, this kind of bullying or harassment or toxic work environments that they create, um, they could be grounds for constructive dismissal. And and in that case, you could be owed severance. So certainly worthwhile talking to an employment lawyer if you're experiencing bullying or harassment at work, because we can really help you navigate the situation, determine whether they're grounds for a constructive dismissal, and and if necessary, get you out of that toxic
0: workplace. And again, guys, to so reach out to Mackenzie anytime you can do that, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And then uh, finally, number five, is this a big one as well? Your employer is making substantial changes to your job, maybe trying to you know swap out your location, change your pay, change your hours, all kinds of stuff. What do you think?
1: Yeah. So again, this is like a more broader um, category, but certainly if your employer is making uh, substantial changes to your job, let's say they're reducing your pay. Uh, They're docking your hours. They're changing the location that you work out of. Any of these substantial changes could all be construed as a constructive dismissal, and you could be entitled to severance. So it's really, really important, as I was saying earlier, that you act pretty quickly after your employer has made these substantial changes. You're going to want to call an employment lawyer right away, because if you continue to work uh, under those con- under those changed conditions, let's say uh, your employer says, "Okay, we're going to change you from working in the Barrie location, and we're going to now make you work out of the downtown Toronto location." A lot of employees will just kind of tough it out, or you know, think it's not such a big deal. Well, maybe they'll change it back, and uh, it, you know, hoping that the change will be reversed. Um, the longer that you work under those conditions the more likely it's go- it's going to be seen that you're agreeing to those changes. So um, you're going to want to put it in writing that you're not agreeing to that change. Um, and you're going to want to speak to a, a, an employment lawyer right away to help you navigate it. So you want to reject those changes. The employ- speaking with the employment lawyer, we can help you determine whether that change is substantial enough to actually amount to a constructive dismissal. We can help you navigate the change in the background, um, and if necessary, really assert the constructive dismissal before you have, you know, you compromise your rights in any way.
0: Let's get to a, an email here as we uh, as we roll on, and that would be uh, Josh first one up says uh, guys i'm a small business owner i've got an employee who's called in sick multiple times a week for the past few months we're a small operation and every day he doesn't show up our production suffers because i can't find any last minute replacements what can i do about it
1: Hmm. yeah so uh, as an employer, you have a legal obligation under the human rights code to inquire or ask the employee whether their excessive sick days are due to any underlying medical conditions or disabilities that might require accommodation. I think that's the first thing that step that that uh, this kind of, the situation brings to my mind. Um, if that employee does, you know, you reach out to them, you you see if there's any reason. If they do respond and say that there's um, that there's an, an issue, uh, there's a disability or a medical condition, then uh, you're going to have to work with that employee to um, to accommodate that disability. Um, at the same time, the Employment Standards Act gives all employees a minimum of three unpaid sick days per year. So. Uh, the employee doesn't need to provide a medical note for those three sick days. But um, if the employee needs more than uh, than those three, uh, then the employer, sh- you know, uh, Josh should be reaching out and asking for a medical note from uh, the employee's doctor to substantiate this app, ab- the additional absences um, and to explore whether the employee needs any accommodation, because that medical note will hopefully say, you know, maybe this employee needs, you um, flexible hours or something like that, that they can accommodate. But ultimately, if that employee doesn't provide uh, the requested medical note and continues to ask for these additional sick days and refuses to improve their attendance, then the employer will need to consider maybe a potential termination here. Um, But I want to stress to the, especially these small employers, you don't want to jump to a termination on, before you've explored uh, the human rights aspect of it, because if you do so and you terminate them because of their excessive absences, and it turns out that um, the absences are due to some underlying medical conditions, then that then they're looking at a human rights, a potential human rights complaint and human rights violation here.
0: That's the way that one works. Let's get to one more short email in the last couple of minutes we got for the show. Mackenzie Juan says, I was fired last week without being given any money whatsoever. My boss said they don't have to pay me anything as per the agreement I signed when I first started my job many years ago, but I don't even remember signing anything, and they ignore my request to see a copy of my contract. Do I have to take them at their word?
1: Absolutely not. No, uh, this is, I mean, as I've kind of been describing earlier, uh, this is a situation where I'm, I'm assuming because they're not paying him any severance that, uh, they're asserting just cause for his termination. And so that's, um, it's very unlikely that they have cause, uh, Juan should certainly be reaching out to have this situation reviewed in more detail. But if your employer's refusing to provide you, saying that they're relying on a contract and then refusing to provide you with a copy of that contract, those should be some really big red flags that you need to speak to an employment lawyer. You do not need to take them at their word.
0: Juan, thank you so much. That is about it. I suggest you follow up with a phone call for sure because it doesn't sound like your employer is going to budge much and they'll be enlightened once they get a phone call from Mackenzie. So, in the meantime, 1 821 5900 to reach out to Mackenzie and her team. The email we use is help at employmentlawyer.ca and that website, again, built just for you. It's anonymous, it's free, called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You will have full, unfettered access to the severance calculator, which over two million of us have tried. You'll find that again at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, employment law show.